Yeah, like, this is the stuff that annoys me being an English teacher. It's like, in, in, in Japanese, paper is already a word. Paper means paper, and tauru means towel. They already had both words. <laughs> instead of putting them together and making it easier on both of us, <laughs> right, to have, to have a common call it, word, call it what? they fucking just threw in kitchen, kitchen paper. Like, come wow. on, man, you're so close. I mean, it's, it's kind of accurate. It's more of a paper from the kitchen why, than why a, a towel. Why is it in a block like that instead of a fucking roll like everybody else? Yeah, isn't it? This is how we don't get rolls here. That is in, fucking weird. Like in a tissue box. Yeah. Brawny man paper. is crying. Brawny, brawny dude is fucking crying. He's like, that's Yeah, not we don't we, we don't have like the mountain man. Fucking well, man of the woods with his flannel on, his <laughs> sleeves rolled up. That, that's how we intro here. Hello, and welcome to Pixel Pines. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Uh, we are the only <laughs> global gaming podcast where we talk about two great things, which is good beer and video games. I'm your host, Mitch, for this weekend and this evening. If you want to find us or have you the way you found us, uh, we stream every single weekend on twitch.tv slash pixel pints. And if you want to follow us, we are on Twitter at pixel pints pixel underscore pints and then on instagram at pixel pints pod we also have all our episodes archived on twitch youtube just look up pixel pints on youtube or any of the streaming services that you use to stream your podcasting just look up pixel pints look for that green mug and you are in for a wonderful ride i am joined by two wonderful wonderful people i'm joined by mr las vegas himself burkoff how are you doing? What up? Not too bad. I've been uh, drinking since four, so this ought to be an interesting episode. I, I hope that I can uh, contribute intelligibly <laughs> to the conversation. <laughs> it's already off to a great start. It's already off to a great start. <laughs> yes. All right, all right, Evan. Uh, all the way from uh, the the kind and uh, post Olympic. I'm wondering actually how how's everything post Olympics over there in Japan. Yeah. Uh, COVID cases shot up considerably, uh, but that also might be because of the Delta variant, not necessarily because the Olympics were here, considering, you know, no people were allowed into the stadiums to watch most of the games. Um, but, uh, yeah, same old for me. I didn't watch any of the Olympics because I thought it was a bad idea, and I also don't care about national sport. But the Paralympics are are going on so i actually uh, that was on the news this morning and i was like oh yeah that's right that that happens too i don't know it seems i i watched a one of the olympians uh, paralympians what uh, i watched an interview with her and it seems like it's really important to them you know they so i, I don't know yeah but post olympics to answer your question like yeah same old for me really i'm i'm okay yeah the only thing that's very cautious about the fact that they held the paralympics is because you know, even with the regular Olympics, they had cases. And when you have the Paralympics, most of them have compromised immune systems. So, like, they're at even bigger risk of getting extremely ill. Even with the vaccine, they are at a higher risk of getting severely ill. So I just, I, I would be nervous to do it. So I get why they appreciate and love doing it. And I'm just trying to look out for everyone's well-being as much as possible. But I, yeah, I was a little shocked that they were still doing it. But 
Anyway, we are Pixel Pints. Like I said, we talk about two great things. And we ask that if you do drink beer, don't be Burkoff. You drink responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> so if Burkoff does something bad on this show, that is not what we want you to do. We want you to be responsible with your alcohol consumption. Mix in some water, mix in some good conversation, and some video games. And then you're all good with your lifetime. So, like I said, you can follow us on all that kind of stuff. We're just going to dive right into it because... I think we have fun stuff to talk about today, but before we get to the topic on video games, we talk about beer. Does anybody have beer? Yeah, so I I switched over to uh, light beer is uh, what I've been drinking uh, since I've been home. So light beer, I should be okay for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Yeah, Mitch, I don't appreciate that dig against Burkoff. The man is drinking, <laughs> being responsible, drinking in his own home, right? Like a good person. It's Saturday night, and he switched to light beer. Come on, he's taking precautions. And the wife took the keys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're in the fishbowl. Yeah, they're in the fishbowl. He, Always a fishbowl. He's got he's to dig and kill the fishy to get the, to get the keys. <laughs> jumps in there with his he, he, he like bites down on a, a survival knife no, it's, and like, it's, no. it's right before it there's like a tape recorder and goes i want to play a game to get into your vehicle to go yeah. to the store to get more beer you must <laughs> open the fish's eye with a toothpick <laughs> you have 30 seconds in and the, this is the fish really weird game and the fish uh, is an acid <laughs> I'm down for this game. I can figure out this puzzle. We can do this. We can oh, make it want, happen. If you want to see a hilarious video, though, uh, there is a really funny one. If you go to YouTube on... Well, there's a whole, tons of hilarious videos on YouTube. But if you go to YouTube, there's a hilarious video of the um, the Jigsaw puppet guy basically doing Duff. pranks in the office where he like wants to play games. So like he like does it where he, he's like, Tina, I want to play a game. He's like... There's pornographic websites appearing all over your computer. You must clear them all before your before uh, your crush Tim walks by. <laughs> like, it's like it's oh great. God. And then and they're like, well, we thought we'd hire you to like bring in teamwork. And he's like, I'll show you teamwork. You're both shackled. One has one saw. You must sh- cut the leg off of one person. Oh and they're like, God. we just we can't we can't do this. We can't do this anymore. It's great. Uh, anyways, uh, Evan, do you uh, have quickly? Any there's a uh yes i do i was gonna actually well, you know what i'm go gonna ahead. skip that story. no 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 it's no tell, tell me the thing first and then you can go to your beer oh, okay so not an office setting but a school this is a true story i don't remember which school in japan but it was a public school and um you know you got your like your digital monitor where you plug your you know hdmi into your um computer for you know powerpoints as a teacher this teacher fucking plate he had it like a porn dvd in the no no it was on it it was on the news this totally sounds like oh my uncle works at nintendo yeah he fucking played a a porn (laughs) dvd instead of like whatever he thought was in there like what are you doing how how bad was it though like was it like full on or Uh, that was not it was was not described the story was like uh, it was it was a paragraph long and at the bottom it was like italicized, I, like oh he's not currently on suspension or something like that. I feel I, like I, I feel like after, around, like the after a couple of minutes, school. Oh, that's horrible. I feel like after a couple of minutes, so you realize what's going on and it's not that bad, right? Especially like, if it's the beginning. DV- 
If it's the beginning of the porn, like it's like an intro into the story. Like there's there's a there's a narrative that happens before the people have sex. And then there's a lead right, up to them right. actually having sex. So Oh, it's just the scene maybe, like the, maybe this... the foreplay before yeah. scene of being like, Oh hi doctor, how are you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So no, I wonder this, I wonder if it was this... already like a pause on the climax section and they're just re it's just play. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, uh, you, you, you press play, and then it pops up, like, continue from yep, where you left, where you left off. off. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a, a story that reminded me of that. Well, uh, actually, but, but, but uh, now that uh, you brought it up, now that you brought it up, I do have to, I do remember in high school, they made us sign a form off because we were doing Romeo and Juliet. And there was two movie versions of Romeo and Juliet that there's one with Lee, which my teacher called Leonardo DiCrapio because it was a really horrible modern day take on it. Dude, I fucking love that version. Um, so there's that one. And then he wanted us to watch like the, the, I think the first one. Yeah, that one. Um, but he wanted, our teacher wanted us to watch a different version. I think it was an older version that was more like set in the time period. But the thing was she had open breasts. So he had to sign permission forms to watch the movie because she, he's like, I need to explain to your parents I, that, that the quality of the speech overwrites having full frontal yes. boobs in front of you. <laughs> I remember. Yes. No, that. I had to do that, too. Yeah, that, that was a fucking American school thing that you yeah. had to do. Um, and there, I remember, I remember having, kids were not able to do it, so they had to leave. Yeah, I remember having to get. Yeah, I remember having to get a form signed by my parents uh, saying, yes, it's OK that you watch this film. I also watched Romeo and Juliet. I don't remember uh, if it's that specific one. I believe it's in the 1970s. But if it is that one, yeah, it's then that one. Juliet yeah. was played by Olivia Hussey. And I remember that name because I remember watching it as a teenager. I'm like, she is so beautiful. Who is this actress? <laughs> she, is, she is very, very, a very, very beautiful woman. Um I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. But I just remember as a you know as a teenager and Dude, of that's... course that's what I was locked in on and yeah. I don't remember her Olivia name. Yeah. I don't remember her name, but I just looked it up. I was like, holy shit, that is the same version I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's kind of so. Yeah, it's it's, it's her American thing because we've all experienced this. Yeah, it's it's her and uh, whoever the guy was that played uh, Romeo is on the cover of the. The copy of Romeo and Juliet that I have in my house. Mm. Oh, it's them. Yes, that's insane. Wow. Weird. We we talk about beer and video games on this. And and <laughs> Romeo, Romeo, where art thou, my Romeo? Uh, now, Evan, talk to us about your Romeo, which is your beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of uh, hot actors. Um, this is a, I think in the past I have shown you guys uh, Mino Brewery. You remember these kind of very plain but very easy to spot on a shelf beer yeah. where it just says the style of beer plainly. Yeah. So this is yeah. Mino, city in uh, northern Osaka prefecture. You can check that. I mentioned a prefecture. So this is kind of like my go-to Japanese beer. They've been around for a really long time, but in the past five six seven years craft beer in japan is just getting more and more popular and a lot of sake breweries are trying to get in on it now um so 
there and I, I, I believe I haven't um, shown this particular brewery on the show. This is Market Brewery. The logo is right there. It's just a giant Y with a period at the end. I don't know what the Y stands for, uh, but they're from Nagoya, which is almost like kind of smack dab in the middle of uh, the main island. And uh, this is their Hysteric IPA. The India Pale Ale kind of looks like a Pollock painting. Uh, very colorful Jackson orange, Pollock purple, painting, yeah. and red. Yeah, yeah. So this is a, an IPA. It is 7%. And the kind of main marketing tagline, we might actually get into that a little later, I'm not sure, is uh, they use five types of hops from England and America. Person, like, I like my IPAs. I don't know what that actually means, if that's just some marketing speak, or, oh, there's five kinds of hops, therefore more delicious, or <laughs> just because they were able to carefully select these kinds, and once you throw that in a giant cauldron, uh, it makes it taste better. But this is actually one of my uh, favorite IPAs, and while Mino Brewery was pretty much my go-to for the past 10 years, I've been here for 10 years now, since August 25th, which is wild to think about these guys have are slowly creeping up that ladder i actually think they might be better than mino at this point oh, which is great it's great okay. for japanese beer right so yeah this is why market brewing this is their ipa i've had it before but um yeah like i'm almost i'm almost always drinking like seven percent ipas on this on this <laughs> show but that's only because i'm you know like basically the equivalent of maybe like an mgd here i save this heavy stuff for this show all right i'm not right, slamming right. back proper you know proper sesh beers you know during uh, you know after work or anything like that i'm drinking just kind of your average japanese beer but um yeah this is a uh, very very fruity very tropical but you can tell this is going to have a really good bitter bite seven percent pretty much tells you that i don't know how many ibus this is but i would imagine it's a lot like I'm guessing, like creeping up into like the 40 or 50 IBUs, it it, it smells like really really hoppy. Mm. I mean, it looks like show on not much more. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's it's a re it's a really really nice color on there. Uh, it's a bit uh, cloudy, uh, maybe like a dark gold, and it yeah, it just it's got that kick. It's not overpowering. It's just, it's a really, really solid IPA. So, yeah, I'm going to be showing these guys more on the show, I think. Uh, I'll search them out, and I'll save them for the show. But, yeah, Why Market Brewing from Nagoya is slowly becoming one of my favorite Japanese craft breweries. Talking talking about Jackson Pollock, um, so I've been listening to a podcast that is, uh, they call themselves the Days of Future cast. <laughs> they are they're a podcast about X-Men. And they, they talk about oh, X-Men, uh, the cartoon, right? Nice catch. So in season three of uh, the X-Men cartoon, there's a Which, episode wait, where... Hold on, hold on. Which X-Men cartoon? There's X-Men Evolution and like no, the this old... Is, this, this is the 90s? Old, yeah, this is the 90s okay, Fox 90s one. 90s Fox one. Yeah. There's an episode where Beast talks about how he doesn't know the difference between a Jackson Pollock painting and a Jackson Pollock drop cloth. Like the the, <laughs> the cloth behind the, the painting that he's dripping the, the paint on. Um, I just thought it was fucking hilarious based on what uh, Evan was talking about. 
with the the can design. Beast Beast uh, would say that. Gotcha. Beast. There's, there's something behind there. You you could actually think about that statement for for quite a while. Yeah. What, what does it say about him, him as an artist and the subjectivity? How we put price on something that maybe any one of us could recreate to some degree. Right. Right. What does it say that what does it say that a scientist is worried more about art than actually fucking doing some science? Maybe that's the question that we should be asking. <laughs> uh, anyway. And then for Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Uh for me, I'm not gonna do beer today because I'm too tired. I feel like if I drink a beer I'm gonna fall asleep in the middle of the show and just mm. So I'm I'm gonna go Red Bull. Um I did bring munchies too in case I get hungry because it is late nice. at night. So I'm going with kettle, kettle chips, chips, kettle chips, jalapeno. Jalape- oh. I don't often eat uh potato chips. Yeah. Uh, me but neither. But that is a, is a nice selection. Jalapeno uh, kettle chips, you kidding me? Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll do this, Korean barbecue, or I will do uh sea salt vinegar. Okay. Oof. Yeah, that's top tier stuff. Right that's there. basically like if I'm gonna do chips, which I don't do chips very often. So, anyway, that's it for beers. Uh, we do have a main topic, but because McWomble's gone, we like to just do more fun things without him. <laughs> so, <laughs> with that being said, we're gonna talk about what we've been playing for a little bit because the show can go on as long as we want. So, uh, yeah, let's go to Evan. What have you been playing? Axiom Verge 2. Yeah. Uh, I'll do a very, very, very quick run because we don't often do what, what we've been playing, but we can't talk about everything we've been playing since the last episode, which is probably like two months ago. Yeah. Uh, Beat what? Village. Really, really like Village. I was really satisfied at how it ended, which is important because they set up a lot of stuff even in RE7. You're like, all right, how are they going to oh, wrap this Ari up? Oh, Village. Village. Oh. Sorry, RE Village, yeah. Oh, okay. How are they going to wrap all the stuff that they've been kind of hinting at? I really, really like the ending to that game. I've beat it twice now, once on uh, normal and once on hard, and I'm in the middle of like a shadow run. But but I have the infinite magnum, so it's not yeah, like it's it's, that it's a walk hard. in the park. <laughs> yeah, you can just blow everything away with that thing. I love it. I love that they did the whole RE4 thing, where it's like, all right, you've beaten the game, or like a Uncharted two, you've beaten the game, you've now we're going to just let you have fun with it. Like, give me some fucking unlimited ammo. Let, give me a, a stupid lightsaber and let me cut. Let, otherwise, I'm not going to play the game again. But you start adding these funny things where you play as, you know, an Art Uncharted 2. plays a skeleton with glowing red eyes and a gold AK. Yeah, I'm going to play the game again because that's stupid and it's funny. And I, I appreciate that they, they added that in there for the replayability on it. Um, I do have to ask you one question about RE before game, you move on from yeah. it. Is yeah. one of the things I really appreciated from RE8 was I did not like Ethan in RE7, but I think they built Ethan up really, really well to give him good character quality that I actually cared about him near the end of the game where I didn't have that type of feeling beforehand. How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm totally sold on Ethan. Oh, not se, totally sold, but, but I think um, they did enough. Yeah, I, I do like the voice actor delivery wise, some of the lines that he uh he gives, like he's totally it's it is RE four in that way where he's not necessarily Leon S. Kennedy. Is it S am I, am I right there? Yeah, S. Kennedy, correct. Leon S. Yeah. Kennedy. Okay. But there's a there's a couple of like 
just they're they're totally leaning into the absurdity of everything that's going on and i do appreciate that for that game it the tonal shifts work in its favor i think it doesn't work with everything specifically with survival horror but yeah like you know towards the end like i didn't mind playing as him and um in terms of like wait a minute like how can this like joe schmo you know joe sixpack who puts his pant leg on one I always fuck this up. Who puts his pants on one leg at a time, one pant leg at whatever. How the hell is this guy doing this? And they do give a, an explanation to that, which I found satisfying. So yeah, oh, so to you, answer your question, so my I final one I was, came around on him. My final one was how you kind of half answered it. I think is how'd you like the twist? I liked the twist. Yeah, I was super satisfied, and I, I actually um, Berkoff, if you don't care about spoilers for RE8, I doubt you're gonna no. play it. I want to show you a final boss that you are very familiar with and then show you a snap such snapshot alongside it to the final boss of RE8 and then I want your thoughts on their similarities. I'll leave it at Interesting. that. Interesting. Okay. What what final yeah. boss would I be familiar with that shows up in 8? Um let's just say that they have a the hint is the 8 in the game's name. The game that you know, the final boss of, has an eight in the name of the game. Um, so yeah, we'll like show you that. after the show. All yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Axiom Verge, two. You know what? I've I've done one. We'll we'll see how much time we have. Uh, who else wants to go? No, what, dive what into Axiom Verge two. I want to know. I'm really curious. Yeah, I'm actually really curious about this game because I wanted to play the first one. I just haven't done. I haven't picked it up yet. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think one one question people have had is like, do I start with one or the other? It doesn't matter. They are linked. One is a prequel, the other is not. But they they totally work separately, so it doesn't matter with which you start from. Um, should I play both? I think you should. They're very very different games, even in how they play. Where, and I think Jeff Gersman. You know what? Everyone's been not everyone, but people. On you know the talking heads on on kind of the gaming podcast world, in my opinion, have done this game dirty, like a disservice. They either kind of just kind of wishy washy speak about it for three minutes, or they trash it, or they're disappointed, and then they move on to some some other game. And I'm I'm waiting for someone to like start talking about how good this game is. And in every single podcast I've listened to, upon the you know the time of its release. Like no one did it, did it, uh, did it right, and I was like really disappointed. Uh, you know, subjectivity and all. I get it, but finally, uh, on the most recent um, Giant Bombcast, Jeff Gersman finally gave the game its due. Okay. Really, really liked the game, and he just kind of talked about all the things that he appreciated from it, and I like completely agreed with him, and I was happy. It it does seem like a lot of the kind of you know talking heads podcast just did not get the game or didn't just like it and it was too different um one of the main through lines with how dissatisfied people were with the game is that they were thinking it was going to be a metroid where you you have these guns where you get you, you get your ice beam you get your spread beam and you get like variations of that and it's like oh, okay i get a new gun and it's going to allow me to pr progress further in this labyrinth you know just like a classic metroid from the metroidvania name and it's not that you don't you don't get any guns in this game. You get uh, melee weapons. Oh, interesting. And a boomerang. 
so yeah it's not there's no ice beam uh yeah there's 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 no projectile weapons in in this game and i think if you go into that and you you want to play a metroid game right you get a gun in, in that game and you get variations of guns and it's cool to get the next one to see what it does there's none of that in this game um so initially you um nope love you um initially <laughs> i could see how people could be disappointed or at least kind of shocked like when am I going to get the gun? And it never happens. I'm like, oh, this is not what I want. When Matt spoke about the game on Game Face, he's basically played it for the two hours where the game is that frustrating, wait a minute, this is not the Axiom Verge I thought it was going to be. And then he stopped there and then gave his full opinion on the game. And if you dig really, really deep into the reviews of the game, I think I had posted one on our Discord chat where everyone was saying like, once you kind of and you know what if if someone like matt's like i don't like the idea of having a melee weapon i thought it was going to be more like axiom verge therefore i don't like it that's totally fine but i think if you push a little further you do get to a point where the annoying kind of the melee attacks you die a lot at the beginning of the game because you're trying to figure out this melee system and it's like all these enemies do chip damage on on you and before you know it you're dead and you're transported all the way back to your last save point. And you're like, oh, I got to do the whole thing again. But later in the game, that becomes, um, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Because your life is uh, long enough. And then you realize, like, oh, enemies just drop health. You actually don't have to fight them. And you can just walk walk by them. It, it, combat does not become an issue later in the game. And what it focuses on most is the ex the exploration part of a metroidvania and that's where that game shines uh the game is basically two maps on laid on top of each other one map can only be accessed by a drone which uh, you yeah, able yeah. To use in the game uh because i guess like phys like biological matter can't enter the breach which is like the the world that's the connective tissue between other worlds so only like a mechanical creature can enter there so what ends up happening is in how you explore this game is there are certain points, specific points in the game where you can enter the breach and then you go into the next map and then when you leave the breach you'll end up somewhere else on the map and that's how you end up like wait a minute, how do I get to that area over there? There's no okay. Okay. Miss there's no miss there's no missiles to shoot and open it to get to the next area. It's like you have to access the second map go to the same area that you want to get by in that map and then like phase out of the breach and then you're in this secret area and then what ends up happening is it's not a shooter uh you don't get guns but the, the things that they give you is all for the exploration of the game so once you get to the point where the enemies don't matter you're not going to die health is not an issue it, you it starts focusing on like the meat and potatoes of that game which is just having a fucking blast exploring every corner of that map and like head-scratching puzzles of, like, warping into the breach and warping out of it to access a secret area. Uh, and, yeah, so I just... You know what? Maybe it's not for everyone, but I was surprised at how kind of the negativity around the game. And I just think if these people pushed through past that initial frustrating part, which I do admit is frustrating, that they would totally get into it. Like, I couldn't put it down once I got past that part. So, yeah, I think it's great. It's definitely going to be on my... Um, whatever top three list for the the end of pixel pints uh, the kind of year in review i don't see anyone knocking it out at maybe like the third spot on my list but yeah it's great 
it's a very different game, but I do appreciate that because once I got to that next section where the frustration kind of dissipated, I I fucking appreciate that he like went out and he's like, no, I'm not gonna make Axiom Verge two how everyone wants it. I'm gonna do something right. different, and I think it I think he's succeeded personally. But yeah, I think it's great. It's a great game. I feel like playing it all over again just talking about it. Nice, nice. But yeah, but I fucking bought it on the Switch because I didn't know it was on PlayStation <laughs> Four. So I okay but quickly. Buying it for the Switch is not a bad thing. No, here's the problem, Burkoff. I woke up in the morning because that indie showcase was overnight, and I just see like at the stand user, dude, Axiom Verge Two is out. I, I was like, Ugh! and I like went to my <laughs> turn my console on because it was the it was the Switch indie showcase, right? Yeah. And I bought it. And I'm playing it, and then I'm like, oh, it's on PlayStation 4 with trophies. And I, uh, like, oh, uh, my like, God. Yeah, totally All missed right. out on that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll re-buy it again. Oh, and whatever. Like, that, like, the end of that kind of... Just, just see if the fucking <laughs> achievements. Oh, oh, my, my God. God. Yeah. That's a that's trophy Anyways, that's I'm a trophy done. hog at its finest. Um, I'll go, and I'll let Burkoff go last this time around. So um, I've actually been playing a few games. I finished Hades. We talked a lot about Hades when we were trying to convince you to play some games, Evan. I still stand right. by my statements. I actually had more of a blast the more I was playing after. I know you watched me a little bit after when we st- we streamed the game between all of us yeah. just to watch and have fun. But I did beat it, and I had a blast. Um, after I beat it, I didn't feel like I needed to go... Because without giving the plot away, you, you have... In a sense, you don't have to, but you are in... In incent- incentivized to beat it again and again and again and again to get more plot because um, they do a really good job of feeding the plot but for me it was like I'm good like I it, it was a fun challenge for me and I kind of wanted to move on to other games so beat Hades beat in like 22 runs it was I was pretty shocked by how how well I did but anyway um, then I moved on to because they announced Saints Row on um epic game store they gave you saints row uh the third remastered edition for free so i've been playing that for a little bit and i never played a saints row game and i've always and and it actually matt from game face kind of convinced me when he was talking about the game i was like oh my god a gta comedy that's kind of like up my alley and like and like making fun of the genre and i'm having a blast with that it is it is everything it's almost like as if you, you know when you like have a certain type of food you are uh, not food you watch a certain certain genre movie and then and then you just like you, you've watched so much of that same genre so you like watch all action movies and you're like right. man action movies are just too much of the same now and then this one's like hey I'm going to make a movie that makes fun of the fact that these action movies are all the same and it, it just makes it fresh again and I think this Dude. really made open an open world game fresh again for me. And I was like, even the beginning, like it's it's a Star Wars crawl with text, and it's like comedy within it, and it's hilarious. Like I was laughing at it, and it's just you great. gotta you gotta play four, dude. I mean, yeah, I was about to say that four is fucking great. Four is like, fucking phenomenal. Three and move on to four. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah. Four, four is my it's favorite. The, it's the yeah. It's the only Saints Row I've played, but judging from... Obviously, you're going to speak a bit more about it, but judging from how you liked the silly yeah, aspects, great. like them doing the Star Wars crawl, 
4 takes those ideas of things that we're familiar with from, like, movies and just putting them in really ridiculous situations in the game to, like, probably even more of an extent than 3. Once, yeah, like, once you're, once you're into it, though, once you're into it, though, yeah. Like, you hit a certain point in 4 and you're like, this is fucking retarded, but I love it. It's got Keith David in it. Come on, no. Keith David is, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's, it's bonkers. And I love how bonkser, 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 bonkers it is. It's it's just, it's just great. It's it's like a fresh, it's a, a fresh, wow. It's a great catch of, oh my gosh, I can't even say it. I'm so tired. It's a great, it's a great it's so breath good. of fresh air. It, there it is. It's so good. I can't, it's, I can't even speak right. That's how good it is. Um, I mean, it was just so much fun to even just play a mission where someone was your biggest fan and created a clone of you and it's running rampage all over the city. Like that's hilarious. And just like playing with it. You will like, you will like four. I mean, I only played it because it was free, so I don't know if I'll buy four because I'm actually now excited to play the new one to see how that one is. Um, I bought, I bought, I bought four like for 20 bucks. Penny on do the not, I do not regret it at twenty I mean, bucks. I'll see. Like for me, I don't want to. The thing is, like now, I hope my hope, and I just started. Like I, I think I'm only like three hours in. Is my hope is I can last through it, unlike other open world games, because an open world game for me can die real quick if it doesn't, it doesn't have good, if it doesn't have the incentive to do it. So it, if, right, if, it, so, if it makes yeah. it, so if it makes it, I will consider game four for sure um, all right evan is is four like any other open world game you've ever played oh uh, no no it's not they, but has they, he they were really he, smart with um but he hasn't played three so i can't he can't really it's, it's no, hard. no no it doesn't matter i've played three and four four is fucking legit dude i i get i get you it's, it's you even like, more if, wild than... if you like three four yeah four is fucking off the. Yeah. i know but uh, for me i'll i'll pro- for this one i plan to kind of like play it in chunks i'll kind of like go to it play it for a bit play some other stuff, come back to it later so I don't get burned out on it because um, it is still falls for the same tropes of like similar mission types where it's just like, oh, right, right. stand yeah. your ground, shoot this unlimited ammo weapon you have in your hands, which, yeah. so so I, I don't, I can, I can really die off pretty quickly with that gameplay loop. So I really am just going to play it in chunks. And then the other game I've been playing that I really have gotten into and you guys watched me play it for a little bit before we hopped on um, was just Psychonauts 2. So yeah. um, I played a little bit, maybe like three hours of Psychonauts one. Um, it, I, 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 I was in a talk with a bunch of other people and I said the reason I really didn't get through it because it felt dated. And this one feels the same. What it reminded me of was right. a it was like it reminded me of Sly Cooper for the PS2. And yeah, that makes sense. It, very similar. It's very, very similar. But I feel like it isn't innovating in the ways I, I was hoping they would try to do. It's almost as if they're just like, well, it'll look prettier so we can try a little bit more of new ideas within the level design mm-hmm. or the type of mini games right. that you have to do within the levels to work within the situation of the person's brain you're in. So it, it, it comes off slightly in some ways almost uninspired. 
but I may have enjoyed myself for uh, for quite a bit. I mean, it reminds me a it lot. It looks like fun, dude. Like what you what you showed yeah. and what we play, uh, what you were playing. Yeah, what you were watching. Yeah, like I'm totally into it. Like I want to play that. I mean, for sure. I mean, it's it'll be interesting. I think uh, what it now really reminds me of. It reminds me of Sly Cooper in regards to like its controls, its level design. But then it has elements of like Persona 5 with its style. And we'll see. I'm, I'll keep playing. I think I'll finish it for sure. I'm like, it's enjoyable enough right now for me that I'll finish it. Um, but uh, we'll, 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 we'll see. I, I'm enjoying it for the most part. Like if, it's, if you have Game the, Pass, there's no reason not to play this game. Right. Absolutely. Like yeah, there's the no Persona, The Persona 5 uh comparisons are really interesting for me just based on like i get that it's stylistic and i i don't know if that's where you're coming from yeah like uh well there's the elements of its style because even you saw in the sequence where like yeah. they had the they had like they cut the frame where they were like where they're like agent yeah. agent blah 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 and then they also did things like you know all about persona 5 is going into the hearts of people and changing them this is like going into your brain oh, and changing them okay. and the environment right. around you is all dependent on how the person is and how their personality is and that's the same exact thing as persona 5 so it's really 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 similar and i think in some ways they're kind of they have innovated a little bit in regards to like i played a mini game where i was trying to put a pill into someone's stomach by like rolling the pill like a pinball on right. a pinball machine and yeah that's clever that is uh i just don't but the rest of it like the combat the regular platforming itself feels more dated than i want it to uh, feel okay the like, right. combat's yeah. not that smooth like it could be smoother it could be way smoother of a combat system but it's very right jank in some ends in some aspects and I know this is like an indie, div, indie, like budget type game. So I completely understand if, if the resources couldn't be there to really make it nice and smooth. But I'm like, I'm happy. I'm happy with what I got. Right. Uh, Burkoff, what have you been playing? Hades. I've been still playing Hades. Um, I've been really into that. My wife has been into it. Um, I'm 35 runs into the game. Still have not done a complete run on the game um my wife is around 14 or 15 runs and she's much closer to the end uh or at least much closer to completing a run than i am get good Berg. So, get good man yeah like i she so like i started playing it and she was like i want to play this this looks great and i was like oh, okay whatever i don't think that you're gonna enjoy it and she started playing it without me even knowing and then she was like, yeah, yeah, like I made it to Hades in 15 runs. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, how, what? How did you get there so quickly? Um, and I realized that she's just much better at the game than I am, um, which kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Like, clearly there's a reason I married this woman, right? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's where we're at right now. Like I, I bet, I bet thirty-five runs, uh, close to the end. She's at fourteen and damn near beat the game. 
I expect, uh, uh, expect a full report of uh, what weapon you used. Um, I used the Trident to beat the game. If, uh, yeah. if people want yeah, to know. So I like, I like the spear. I like um, the gloves, too. The boxing gloves is the closest I've ever been. Uh, it's actually beating uh, the last boss in the game. Um, for those that don't know, I don't know if this is a spoiler. Is this a spoiler to say that you have to beat the, the, the final boss twice? Uh, I mean, may well, you already spoiled it, so it doesn't matter. All right, so I already spoiled it. But to be honest, I will say I didn't know that, and my roommate didn't tell me. So when I thought I won, I was like, oh, I won. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah, then you hit then you hit <laughs> a fucking fuck. second level, and you're like, yeah. oh, shit. Like, I didn't even you, plan you for this. What? Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't plan for it. You know out, I didn't spec out my character for nope. this. So frustrating. I was I was fortunate. Whatever you whatever you said. Sorry, whatever you said, don't say it again because this was perfect. You 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 said <laughs> is this a spoiler that you have to you have to beat the. Uh, it, it totally cut out what you said, and I, so I don't know. You didn't spoil it for me. I have no idea what you well, said. Well, don't watch I'm not this podcast. Go and watch don't, this. So yeah, don't, don't go, go watch go the episode. That. The podcast, but yeah. I will. But I will say, Burgoff. Because, because I, my internet is so so shit, it fucking I didn't. Right. Go out, so I was I was gonna say your internet has not been great the last few times you've been on the show, Evan. I don't know what's up so, with your internet. What's going on. But uh, but I was gonna yeah. but so, I was right. gonna say, Burgoff of. Uh, Without, I'm still not going to spoil it for Evan, so you can still listen. You're good. Um, but when that moment did happen, I was fortunate enough that I ended up um, having enough extra lives resources available right. to me that I had about it. I had about this much life left, and I was like, I was just really. And he had this much life left, and I was really pushing for it, and I finally got it, and I was shocked. Yeah, um, it only took me actually. That was my second try at Hades. To get that, what the fuck? All right. Yeah, it only whatever. took me two tries. First try, I died. All right, so I've done it like four or five times now. <laughs> I'm so mad about it. Like, yeah, Just don't tip, even. Tip away. You got it. But see, yeah, so. Th that that is the essence of the game, though, right? It's like you just keep trying it until you actually get there. Um, it's it's really good. It's it's a solid fucking game. I'm so impressed by the the story. Um, actually, the storytelling's really well done. Just yeah, like how they deliver story to you for really being for it being a a, a roguelike or a roguelite a game. Um, for how it actually delivers the story to you, and the way that you experience the story, like I was really impressed with how it does that. Um, I think I told Vin on Twitter that this is my favorite roguelike game ever. Um, and it is because of the way that it delivers the story. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm keeping at it. Um, I think my next game after I'm done with Hades is probably going to be Psychonauts 2. So. Sounds good. All right. Now to the topic at hand, fellas. We actually did that pretty well. We only we did that within like a 30 minute span. I, I'm proud of us. We, we do a good job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we can do this. So the topic today is marketing for video games what is going on and slash what are the types of marketing that work and what sucks ass <laughs> so uh, uh fortunate enough evan our brain not only the good looks of the podcast he also has the brain of the <laughs> podcast um we'll be right back 
I just, uh, so because of all that, I, I, yeah, we all know where he's going. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so Evan, you have broken that down to beautiful categories for us. So, uh, let's, let's go with the first one. What's the first category? So yeah, got a couple here, and uh, this is uh, when I when I personally would have been thinking about marketing. Um, I mostly thought about how games are released. So you know, game reveal to game release, and how that game is. Am I just explaining marketing? Like maybe everyone's like, no, you're, that's exactly what it is. I don't know what angle you think you're taking, uh, but so I just was thinking about how games had been released and then tried to fit them into specific categories. Uh, the first one is uh, too soon, question mark. And this kind of refers to games that had been maybe revealed a little too early. And this could be a game, a full uh, reveal, like in-engine um, in gameplay uh, to just a logo or anything like that. And... Um, one, well, I'll give you two examples of games that were definitely revealed too soon, and I think almost everyone would agree, because we haven't seen anything but a logo in Bayonetta 3 and Metroid Prime 4. And those are definitely too soon. I get the whole, you know, the COVID-19, the pandemic has caused lots of disruption in video game development in all sorts of things and logistics and and everything right i don't know if bayonetta 3 or or how much bayonetta 3 and prime 4 fall into this category it, it could be a myriad of things where they wanted to give fans what they wanted but then the game like they're, they're still in like a pre-production you know they haven't even built the game in, in 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 any form yet but uh yeah so the first category is uh too soon for the marketing and uh, definitely Bayonetta 3 and Metroid Prime 4 are going to have to start this whole marketing. Uh, it, it's, it was so long ago. Uh, it, like, it, there's no marketing for these games. Like, it doesn't exist yet. Um, so it's, it's going to... I was going to say they're going to have to do it again. It's like, they just have to start because the, a logo doesn't almost doesn't even count. I mean, uh, I all get, that does I give, is have I give... the fan, fan base say, like, when, 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 too early, when. Well, I give... Go ahead, Mitch. No, I agree with you about Bayonetta. I don't know if I would put Metroid Prime 4 on that because it ended up switching developers, and that probably wasn't anticipated. Right. Okay. You could argue, though, that um, if... I guess there might have been issues that they didn't necessarily... um, couldn't take into account, but... You would think that Nintendo would want to release that information when they were happy with where the game was in production. Like, they saw the game, they're happy with what they've seen, now it's time to release it, instead of... And we, I guess we don't know. It's, I was going to say, not thing, necessarily, right? because like, what if... What if, uh, what if I can't remember who was... Bergoff, do you know who started on Metro Pride Form? Pre, bleh, who was the first developer that started working on it before it switched over? Um, It was an Austin-based... Studio, I think it was. Uh... Oh shit, I don't even know. Anyways, uh, Can you go back to, to and, retro. Anyway, I think, it was, I think it was retro. Yeah. Yeah. So, so retro, maybe retro said, "Hey, we'll have this game done in eighteen months." And then all of a sudden, so they're like, "Yeah, we can we can let people know where it's in development," and then showed the title off, and then 
they find out like six months later, they're like, whoa, this is not what we thought we'd be getting type of quality or maybe uh, who knows. But like it's it's all it's all I, I get what you're going for that one. I would go definitely with Bayonetta because they, holy they cow. shouldn't they shouldn't have released a fucking uh, a, a logo for it. If a logo, <laughs> right. If, well, if they were three, yeah, is maybe more of a. Uh... But yeah, too soon for sure. Like they're, you know, we haven't seen shit from either of those games. Um, yeah, and we got we remasters that... of Bayonetta before we even got the third game. Right, we know that they're in development, but by the same token, we haven't seen anything from the new sh- from the new games. So well, here's another here's another too soon for you, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah, Dude, for sure. Was it, like, that was definitely 2014 or 2015. 20... Yeah, when they, released they, really, that... they released a trailer and being like, "Oh yeah, this is in development," and then they showed off another. Uh, I then, don't. Then, then when they showed off the thing that here, here's another thing that was too soon. Not only that was too soon, the demo they showed off to press was too soon because it was not real. <laughs> it, it it didn't yeah, make it, it into all, the final game. Yeah, it, was all, it was all CG or whatever. Uh, I think. Well, it was part it, of it. It was it was running on a crazy PC that could run everything possible on it. It was not well, it was running a, on realistic was, hardware. It was a vertical slice too, so it yeah. wasn't like they weren't processing all of the game. Yeah, it um, was, yeah, exactly. I think part of that though is um, I don't think that they thought that uh, Witcher was going to be as as popular as it was. So them releasing the game, or at least them announcing the game when they did was not really a risk at that time because who the fuck really cares you know uh, a cyberpunk game the gaming world cares about a cyberpunk game now i don't personally well, but, care about a cyberpunk game but most them, people in them, like gaming a, world would care about a cyberpunk game well yeah we all we all gave a shit when it, when they announced it but for them as a developer like oh we released the, you know these Witcher games and like who really cares um, about you know the games that we actually make um, I think that was part of the reasoning behind them saying hey we're working on this you know yeah but even so like the marketing they did was too soon when was, clearly when yeah, the clearly the game was nowhere near ready and the game was nowhere near. Like heck, the game's still not done. <laughs> the game is still yeah, not done. They're still patching that shit. They're still patching that shit. It's been yeah. almost a full year since the game's been released, and they're still patching right. the game. So clearly, that was way too soon. So Burkoff, what's your way too soon? My way too soon. Um, I don't know that I really have Speaking one. Speaking of lo- logos, logo drops. I mean, Bethesda, no. I mean, every every Elder Bethesda Scrolls, game, Elder Scrolls, every, come on, come on. Game is way too fucking soon. Um, there's always bugs in Bethesda games. Yeah, um, I don't know. I forgive them for what for what they release because they are who they are. I guess. The Burkoff, that's oh, not wow. okay. We've, wow, we've, we've just uh, we've we've become complacent with Bethesda. They they found fall- <laughs> disaster. Yeah, right. apparently. Okay. Well, we got a lot of other categories. We can well, I, well in my mind, it makes me more frustrated because why? 
people called people call Bethesda one of the greatest game studios in the world, and you're complacent with bugs from the greatest game studio in the world. <laughs> that's that's yeah, not cool, man. That's not. They cool. should they should be they should be fucking ironing this. Shit. They don't. Yeah. And um and people forgive them. And whose fault is that? That's us on gamers. We need to hold game developers more accountable, um, for what they put out. We do. Right. And and even if they put out some amazing story stuff, like they need to be polished, they need to be good, and they need to be well, fixed. If you if you want to just like dive right in and just like we already put the knife in, you want to turn the knife a little bit in Bethesda. Uh, what is your game? Uh, Fallout seventy six. That was not messaged properly at what that fuck what the fuck that game actually was um you know so there were a bunch of yeah. games that maybe have not been messaged to the point of us actually knowing what they are you know right so Berkoff has led us into our second category <laughs> which is what is your game and this these are games that fall under you market a game to us, you show us a trailer or something, you explain it, but we don't know what the fuck we do in the game, and they're just not good at explaining what, what that is. And, uh, yeah, I guess, was Fallout 76 one of those games that was shown at E3 and then came out in November of the same year? That was Fallout, yeah, that was Fallout it 4. It might have been, right? That well, was it was both. It was both. Fallout That's 4 true. as yeah, well. Yeah, like the following year, yeah. It might have been 76 as well, yeah. Well, and, and this is even, like, um, if you want to keep it just for the sake of, of not brevity, but we're not like um, splitting our our categories into subcategories. This actually might be something similar where you tell us one thing about the game, but it's not what you had promised or what you had said. Right. Uh, that's not necessarily what is your game, but it, it, it is in the way that like that can be confusing messaging. If you're like, wait a minute, you like you said all this shit, you know, like No Man's Sky as well. Like that's not what that was. That's, There's no multiplayer. Yeah. I can't see the guy. <laughs> I, I can't go to a planet and see yeah. someone there. We could yeah. we could rename that category like, to. What is your game? We could rename the category. That's a hard one as well. I guess we rename the category to "You Lied to Us." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you lied to us, or or just confusing marketing. Yeah. Same with a uh, you know, and we discussed this a little bit on the pre-show of a more recent example in Deathloop where like they, because it's arcane studios, right? Like they've made some amazing games and I'm one of the champions of them. Like I love prey dishonored, dishonored two. I love all those games. I think they're like Death top tier games better than yeah. a lot of shit that's on there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people just aren't into their, um, their, their version of immersive sins or whatever you want to call it. Um, but with Deathloop, you know, they had, like, marquee placement in these showcases for, like, a full year in PlayStation and right. the Xbox showcases. And it took them, like, the fourth time, eight months after the initial reveal, and everyone's like, well, what, what is this game? Like, what am I supposed to be doing in here? And they've explained it, and they just didn't get to that point. And I'm still so much so that, as an Arcane fan, where a lot of people aren't, like, it, you speak of a game that didn't get its due, like, Prey didn't get its due. Like when I when I spoke of Axiom Verge two, not enough people talk about Prey. So I'm in there, I'm in there, I'm on their side, I'm in their corner. But even with Deathloop, I'm like, I don't know if I I'm going to like this game. I don't, I don't get the whole deal. And 
maybe that's just the design thing where like they've designed a game that's just really hard to explain unless you play it. Uh, but yeah, that's another one that's thrown into the whatever this category is now. Fucking, your game's confusing. What is <laughs> your game that you've released? Yeah. I got one for you. Uh, I got one that the marketing was so confusing that people thought it wasn't what it was, but it actually turned out exactly to be what it was. And that is Death Stranding. <laughs> and that oh is Death God. Stranding. Everyone's like, wow. no, even me, even me. a game for this category. Yeah, I was like, even me, I was like, you're not, this is probably just like the first four hours of the game. You're like, not really totally delivering packages. Like, there's something more to this. No, that's exactly what you're doing. That's exactly what you do. The whole flipping game. Now, some of it is absolutely interesting. Some there's of it is, some, some of it some is, combat in there. and there's some combat in there, but a lot of like some of it is actually fascinating, interesting, and like the world and some of that stuff. But some of it's absolute complete garbage, and so it's exactly what it was. And we just all told ourselves, "No, that's not what this game is." But the marketing was right. Oh, well, it's 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 Kojima. He 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 loves trolling. He loves um, he loves a twist. He likes taking left turns when people are expecting a right. Uh, that's just how he likes to market his games. Well, we're talking about confusing, yeah, like purposefully confusing. It's not like they tried really hard to explain it to us, but we just didn't get it. Oh, he did. He, he did. He did. He operates in the shadows on on purpose. That's just he the way this guy operates. He tried very very hard, but he failed miserably. I actually think like, yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> stuff in that game. Like the first trailer is. You know, like, Norman Reedus wakes up on a beach, and then there's a baby, and then it disappears, and the hands appear on his, his, uh... His legs like and black chest. tar hands appear on his leg. Yeah, and then he stands up, and there's, like, you know, the Death Stranding phenomenon of how, uh, whales and, and like, will strand themselves on the beach to die. And then there's, like, five <laughs> figures floating in the air. It's like, oh, five figures? There were five Metal Gear games. This is a big middle finger to Konami. Like, like whatever. <laughs> I I like I actually like that game a lot. It's like high concept, but I I actually um I must have watched like reaction. I'm a, I'm a reaction video hound. It's actually really embarrassing. These people do like the minimal amount of effort and get all the views by reacting. But it's so great. I love watching their reactions. It's so great. Yeah, like I I, I dude when I when I have a few like on a Saturday night when it's like midnight and I'm like seven beers in. I just switch to reaction videos and I'll do it. It's 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 pathetic. It is absolutely pathetic, but I will admit that that that's what I do. But I was watching um reaction videos to um the first gameplay trailer of uh Death Stranding. I think it had low roar playing over the and and, and I remember the people watching like, "Oh, are you you're delivering packages?" And it's like, "Oh no, that can't be what you're doing." And like you said, Mitch, it's like, "No. Everyone everyone said the obvious which is that's exactly what you're doing but the twist was that, like there's got to be more it's kojima it's like no the twist is that is all that game is so um yeah. it's confusing because of kojima's history and his past with fucking with us purposefully and he knew that i swear to god that guy knew that he's like no i'm gonna show him exactly what the game is and because it's me they're gonna think it's something else but it's actually what i showed them um uh, but yeah that's a yeah. funny one that's true. That, that's that's like the main. That's the top tier game for this category. I think. Well, is uh, it might be Death Stranding. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's like a it's like a twist on your a twist on the category. 
the the Konami twist Which on is, the there is no twist. The, it is the Konami twist that there is no twist on the category. Yeah. All right. What's our next All one? Right, uh, yeah. Okay. I'll refrain from one. being uh, disgusting. Kojima. <laughs> yeah, we already got I, one I of those, Burkoff, uh, about two years ago. We got one of those, so we don't need any more. <laughs> after hours. After okay, hours. Beer after hours. <laughs> the after hours. Some, some good stuff. On the like, beer umbrage. Some good stuff on the after hours. Yeah. But, like, to me, it's good because I know you guys, but if anyone watched us, I'm like, this, this yeah. who, the heck is a, who the heck is this guy yelling at like, him so about, bo- Coach, about so Kojima boring. and this how his so childhood was, like, yeah. ripped apart from Kojima? <laughs> and he lied. He's a liar. <laughs> um, so the next category is the shadow drop. And what I'm referring to specifically is the shadow drop of Axiom Verge 2 uh, yeah. in the most recent uh indie showcase which i believe was on august 11th um the the nintendo switch indie showcase so initially axiom verge had been shown on another indie showcase i believe a year ago sometime in the early autumn of um 2020 and then nothing was heard about it until maybe march in another showcase that nintendo did and they're kind of you know indie showcase directs they do online and that was it that's that's all we had seen we had seen an initial quick cut, a bit more of the game, and then that's it. So in terms of marketing, it's like, all right, everyone's clearly, or the people that enjoyed Axiom Verge, and that's, you know, a decent amount of people, like the Axiom Verge is made by one person. One single person did all of that, including the music, which a lot of people didn't believe at the start, but he did all of it. I'm like, okay, well, uh, we're looking forward to this game. Um, we don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden, months, months and months pass, we don't know. We're expecting everything is getting pushed into 2022 or further back. I think people are assuming that that's going to happen with Axiom Verge 2. Then all of a sudden, August 11th, Nintendo Indie Showcase, Axiom Verge 2 is... It's not like the last banger of the show, right? It's just before it. So they show the trailer and it's like, Axiom Verge 2, out now. I was like, what? Like, I watched, again, I watched a bunch of reaction videos, and people seem confused, right? It's like that um, in The Prestige, uh, Christian Bale's the, the Transporting Man, his trick is too good. He didn't dress it up enough, enough. So the audience isn't wowed, they're just confused. So it left a lot of people like, oh, it's out now? And so that got me to thinking about uh, Shadow Drops, and it depends on like how well the game is known. So Axiom Verge 2 is released at an indie showcase that a lot of people have eyes on. Right. The issue I had with it is it seems a bit unceremonious. If it was like the end of the show, then like, boom! You know, a little a little razzle-dazzle, a little confetti. Then maybe it's like, I don't know if that translates into sales of the game or anything, but um, so you have that. Is it better to do like the kind of shadow drop that's more like a, oh shit, this is out now. Or, like, this, you know, indie showcase, I like the game for X amount of time, and then it comes out a month later. But then at that point, it's not, the, the, the release date of the game is not going to be in some main Nintendo Switch indie showcase. It's just going to be an independent trailer on the Axiom Verge YouTube channel with the release date out now. So... 
I don't know, like, how do you guys feel about these types of shadow drops? Personally, I felt like it was a bit unceremonious. However, more eyes are on a Nintendo Indie Showcase, especially when there's no games coming out, versus I, just a random trailer popping up I, on Sifted. Yeah, so, yeah, I love it when this stuff happens. I think that it's very difficult to actually make it happen, though, for most AAA games. Um, it's a little bit easier for, like, a AA indie game for them to sort of shadow drop it and um, yeah. hey, we've announced it, now it's available type of thing. Um, it was much more difficult for them to take what we consider like a AAA, um, you know, industry standard cornerstone game and uh, just drop it and make it available. So... For the for Axiom Verge too, like that's yeah, that makes sense. You know, like um, some people were following the, the the development of that game or whatever, but um, yeah, Spirit Fair, um, Hyper something or whatever, Light Drifter. Yeah, like those games, like. It's it's much easier to to uh, do like a like a shadow drop of those types of games. Yeah, I mean you're right, Burkoff, but I also think, well, yeah, you have because there's so much money spent on some of some of the bigger budget games, they can't just drop it because then it they have to have the marketing for it because they need more than just your av- they need more than just the gamer to buy the game. They need average consumers to understand that the game is coming, right. when it's coming out, and that it's coming. Like you can't just shadow drop Madden. So it's just not, it's just, I mean, you kind of could because it's kind of always around the same time of year, but you still need that marketing to be pushed there so that people know that the game is coming out, that your average football fan can go buy the game. That's their one game they buy every single year. Um, I think the one thing though, that the advantage of of a a triple a developer could have in regards to a shadow drop. And I'm going to use this example and I'm going to use resident evil seven. So we have a franchise that has been that had six, which was, you know, revered as a, 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 a an average action game. But for a lot of fans of the franchise felt like it went away from what made the series and probably it's its low point, even though it sold the most copies of the of any Resident right. Evil game ever at the time. And so it was gone for a while. It was gone for like two and a half to three years. No one knew about what they were doing next with Resident Evil. And because of such the disaster, people were very nervous. And then here comes this just out of nowhere. People just go knows this is called it was before Kitchen. It was a demo that they had at a right. different at a different um, a different uh, convention that people could play in VR called the kitchen and you just walk around with your VR goggles and uh, PlayStation VR headset and just walk around and like identify things. But then this was before kitchen. And when it, when it launched, they're like, Oh my God, look at this. This is horror. It's resident evil. It's a game you didn't expect to be resident evil. And not only that, here's the shadow drop, play the demo tonight. That's the (laughs) thing. That's, that's the thing that made me lose my shit. Like I lost it. Because it's not like it's not like oh my god look at this amazing game and look at how I could look at how different this game is but oh my god I can play a demo of it tonight and like really experience it for myself right and it helped the marketing like no other because not only that the game came out eight months from then or less than that it came out 
yeah, eight months from then. So, like, not only did you know this game is coming, it's coming soon, and you can get some hands-on experience with it to, to actually, like, feel the freakiness of what the heck you're going to experience for a brand new Resident Evil that was trying to bring it back to its roots again. So I, I think games can do that, and I think it's more ample opportunity if a game is very different from the other games that came before it. So, like, if they shadow-dropped the God of War um, game, uh, a demo of God of War from when they did God of War 3 to God of War 2018, people would lose their crap because it's a very different God of War and they get to experience it for themselves of how different it really is. But if you put like a demo of Psychonauts 2 and you're like, I'm going to child drop a a demo of Psychonauts 2, mostly people would be like, it's like Psychonauts 1, so I really don't need to play the demo if I really don't want to. Yeah, I think the only other opportunity you have is so Quake the remaster is a good example of that. Like they just released that or just announced it at QuakeCon. You can download it immediately on um Game Pass and all that kind of stuff. It was like, yeah, I, I went and did that. I downloaded it and checked it out and uh it had been God knows how many years since the last time I played Quake. Um and this is the first time that I'm playing it on a console. Well, and to be so, honest, that's probably the most common shadow drop besides indie games is remasters. Yeah, it's like remasters. Yeah, or being like, play or, it right yeah. now. You want yeah, enjoy Kingdom Hearts, the remastered Golden Seven Hundred Fiftieth Edition. Play it now. And it's like, yeah, okay, sure, I can play it now. Yeah. Yeah, I I think um, now that you guys spoke about it, I think um, demo shadow drops are quite effective and i think a a lot of uh places have been doing that a bit more specifically a lot of shadow drop um stuff from uh resident evil which yeah i think it does it does work oh uh, like you're watching this game you're like that would be really cool to play it oh guess what you can get a little slice of it now oh uh, let me i'll pick up my controller right now like that's a great way to to handle that situation because yeah it's like this is exactly what i want like Imagine if on that indie showcase was a little, uh, little sweet cut-up uh, footage of the TMNT Shredder's Revenge. It's like, oh, there's a demo out. You can play level one. Ooh, ooh, ooh right. My, my ooh. PlayStation controller. Hot on stuff, fire bro. Hot stuff. Quick, I'd be sliding on those buttons. Yeah. I don't want that to happen right, right now? Actually, yeah. uh, this whole that whole strategy by um, Capcom with Resident Evil Seven, um, Mitch, that you had referred to is um, the short turnover, where Resident Evil 7 was revealed during E3 of 2016, I believe, and it came out in January 2017, which is a very short turnover. Uh, Lots of these games, you know, we get um, God of War, Ragnarok, logo, Bayonetta 3, just a logo, Metroid Prime 4, logo. And then the other side of that spectrum is a game that's like, all right, Here's the reveal trailer, right? This isn't trailer two or three. Six Horizon after Zero Dawn's reveal. another example of that. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they showed off the game, game they up. showed off a demo, but the game came out like a year and a half later, but they still showed off like gameplay. I mean, year and a half. Like if it's under two years, that's a pretty decent turnaround yeah. time span. Because they had a second, they had yeah, a second so demo the-, the next E3 before they released it. I do remember that, yeah. So the next category um, 
would be the short turnover. And one uh, other example other than Resident Evil 7, which came, which was revealed in 2016 of E3 and came out in January 2017, is Fallout 4, which I believe came out five months after it was revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three. And that's smart. Like that. Yeah. Right. You know, Beth- Bethesda's all over the place, man. They 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 sh- they show us a logo of Elder Scrolls. Uh, what what's the number on that? Six. Six. Yeah. Then they show you Starfield. Then they show you Starfield. Then they show you Starfield. Yeah, then they show you Starfield, <laughs> and then after that, they show you a, a trailer that shows you almost nothing about Starfield. You learn more from them talking about it than they actually do from the demo. I mean, from the, the actual trailer. Great. The trailer sucks. They, what are you talking about? They, the, trailer the trailer is not great. The trailer shows you nothing. It shows you trailer, in a spaceship. Trailer, nothing. Trailer's great. And let's then they say show that, you let's say that for the other category. But anyway, but anyways, the and category. then they show you concept art. What the F is that? <laughs> But whatever. It's like, you, a, if anything, you show the concept turnover. art first, and then you show off a trailer. <laughs> like, they get, the, what the, did, is the in their brain? It's of just, short turnover. It's, it's basically, they're like, they're just giving anyone that loves Starfield, like Cyberpunk 2077 all over again, their, their daily dose of concept art. Oh, it feels oh, so dude. good. Concept art. Like, instead Fuck of Bethesda. being like, instead of being like, why don't you give me some substance instead of some BS bullcrap? And Fuck it, Bethesda in this situation, yeah. So it's, but it's but weird. to be honest, I don't blame from, I don't blame right. Bethesda. I blame Microsoft because I think Microsoft is more in charge yeah. of the marketing. So they're saying we need something for Gamescom, and then Bethesda's like, "Well, we have concept art. That's all we can give you." And then uh, and then Microsoft's like, "Yeah, fine, give it to me. I, I, I need something." I don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily the case, but yeah. I mean, well, well, it was it, at the it, Xbox Showcase though. Like it's not like Bethesda has their own showcase anymore. It's Xbox's showcase. So the Xbox right. marketing team comes to them and says, yeah, "Give me something." That is true. That's what Sony does. They go to all their teams and say, "You need to give me a demo. Can you give me a demo? If you can't give me a demo, what can you give me?" And then they true. give you stuff. And then even if it's like cherry, and then sometimes they go, "This isn't enough. Like I can't show this, so we're just not going to show it." But here, Xbox is like, "Oh my God, everyone loves Starfield. Just give me something. I don't care. Concept art, sure." Concept art that we could have saw months ago. Okay. Yep. Feed me that drug of that Starfield that no one knows what yeah. the heck the game is. Yeah. But yet they still think it's going to be the greatest thing that's ever been made. Whatever. People just need to get off their cyberpunk butts and understand that these games, like, they, until, you, <laughs> until, we, until we see them, they aren't real. They don't exist until you see the gameplay. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. On, yeah. on, on a troll. No, but uh, uh that, that's that's fine. But in terms of like the sh- so like the opposite end of that spectrum, <laughs> the short turnover, I personally like this way better because you show me a game for for the reveal. It's like by the way, you can play this in less than a year. Great, it's going to be in my mind because I know it's coming out the same year that I'm in, or whatever. Halfway through the year it comes out in January. Um, so we have Fallout Four, which came out five months after the reveal. And you got Resident Evil, which was what eight months or so. I think it only Lost works though, Judgment Evan. I, I, I think I, I think it works, but I yeah. think it only works in this context when we know what kind of game it is. Yeah. Because example, Fallout. We know what Fallout is. Resident Evil. Yes, it oh, was. Fallout di- Four was basically Fallout Three. Exactly. And then Resident Evil. Yes, it was a little bit different, but we knew in the context it was going back to its like horror roots, which were like, okay, we all understand that concept. Yes or no, we're down, we're not down. 
Lost Judgment. We know you are. It's also Resident Resident Evil, which people it's an that's a known quantity, judging from the pedigree of the right, studio exactly. that, that makes those games. Then right? we have then yeah. we have ju Judgment, which we knew exactly what we're getting because of past games, Yakuza, all that kind of stuff. It, it's, it's it works. The same in, engine. It's the same fighting system. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I think yeah. I think where it it's okay to like be a little bit longer. I think God of War did a fine job with it because. You know, I th I think this all works in context as long as you show us a demo of the game to start, or 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 it, it is the second thing we see, um, because God of War the first thing we saw was a demo of what the gameplay would look like for the most part, and it's not it's not exact match, but if you if you bring the demo and you bring me the game, they look pretty damn similar in regards to like how the flow of the combat went. How the mechanics yeah. of the game worked. Yes, are there some things that are different? Sure. But it's very minute. It's not the core competency of the game. Where then I'm okay waiting a year to get one more trailer before I get the final product and like the date and all that kind of stuff. Because I know what I'm getting. Whereas like if it's a short turnaround, I know what I'm getting and I don't need that extra explanation to know, okay, how different is this? Or how is this? You know what I mean? Yeah, it works for games like Forza because we already know that yeah. that's happening. Yeah. We already know that. What's the new these... thing? That's it. That's all I need to know. Right. Like, yeah. Like, how are you guys changing the way the lighting works on the fucking cars? <laughs> that's all that. That's all that we really care about. How do I get blinded <laughs> by the sun <laughs> more? <laughs> yeah. So but it works. It works for those types of games because it's like whatever. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, known quantity stuff. That, right. That, that, yeah, that's a good point. It's a good angle. Um, all right. Uh, moving on to the next category. Now, I guess the only uh, sorry the before slow... we before we move oh, to the next ahead. category, I think it the the shortened window would work as well for something new, as long as there was something with promotional material to follow up with it within a few months to really explain it. Because if that's just the because here's the thing that that marketing strategy it was just. This is Fallout 4, and that's it. We didn't get much more information. Resident Evil, that's all you get. That's all it. The demo, and that was it. We didn't right. get any more info. Lost Judgment, you know, like, so on and so forth. So as long as if you did something new, you had materials kept going with the marketing to explain your product leading up to the short release window, I think it would work. But that's right. the reason why I would be I'm I'm fine with a longer pattern for something new, so it gives you that time to digest what you're actually getting. Right. So yeah, like if it's new, do an additional kind of a few months later a breakdown. A few months later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I would be satisfied with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a good idea. So if it's a five months window, put something in the middle there to clear up any yeah, you know that, convince just, people to to buy your game type just that rosemary sauce if you know you know that rosemary, rosemary sauce, sauce. <laughs> <laughs> love it um all right so uh moving on to the next category which i've uh called the slow drip i mean slow is relative uh this could actually be a quick drip a quick drip <laughs> Um, so what I'm specifically referring to is uh, <laughs> got some of that quick, some of that quick drip. Uh, I think you uh, should probably go see a doctor. Um, Re Resident Evil Village. So 
you know, there had been rumors uh, about, you know, like, oh, there's werewolves in this game and stuff, and everyone's like, well, what the hell? Okay, uh, it's directly linked to Seven. Mold right. werewolves? How does that connect? So, Which it does. Uh, of this year, it does. It totally does. It all makes sense at the end. I was very satisfied with that ending. So the slow, the slow, the slow quick drip um, is uh, Resident Evil, which I personally like what they did. So in um, January 22nd of 2021, this year, I believe, they did a Resident Evil showcase. And they kind of hinted at what was going to, some aspects of Resident Evil. And then the same day they dropped the Maiden demo, which is a very short not even a vertical slice of the game because you play a although it's first person it doesn't really matter it was a technical demo to show off what it would look like on ps5 that's exactly what it was right yeah it was a technical demo so you're just kind of like all right this is what the game's going to look like the lighting on in 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 the dungeon of the uh demetresca castle so so i like that it's it's like it's the it's the shadow drop demo with a bit of a showcase uh, in in front of it, and then they had even um, relayed to the audience like we're going to do another showcase in April, and so it had you know you get a bit of uh, people you know on the on the podcast talking about this maiden demo and how they felt about it and the tone and the atmosphere and stuff, and then also looking forward to something that they had t- told you is going to happen a couple months um, down the line. So then they hit their April showcase, and they did this kind of stego stego. The staggered, staggered demo release of the castle demo, and the village demo, and I think each could be completed uh, within like maybe twenty minutes, fifteen minutes. If you went through it again, even less time than that. But this kind of whole, all right, we're gonna do two showcases within like a five-month period, and in each showcase, we're gonna we're gonna give you a little bit, uh, a little demo to give to give you an idea of how this game operates. Uh, so in, to tell you so the, the truth, Evan, on that one location. So to tell you the truth on that, Evan. Um, so the reason why they did that, which I think you're right, it was a good move for them to do, was because when they dropped Resident Evil Seven, they. Um, so what ended up happening was the demo that you could play that day changed. The demo updated three times within the time period between the game. Um, the demo being released and the game being released, but people didn't know it it was updating. And so people didn't know you could go back to the demo and actually try new rooms. And by the end of it, you could actually use guns to like try out the gun combat. So, so that's, that's why I I think that's why they did it. You could go down the stairs and find find the key. Yep. And And you had a gun to shoot it. So um, I think that's That's why specifically they probably did that method, which I think was in their best interest to kind of just go, Here's the next little thing instead because I think they unfortunately didn't market and strategize enough to be like, go back to the demo. There's something new that and I think they tried to rely on people to figure it out. And only like the core of the core were telling other people in the chat rooms, oh, my God, go back to the demo. And it just didn't it didn't spread like wildfire like I think they were hoping to. So I think that's why they sprinkled. And I think that's exactly going back to like the last category. 
this is what I'm talking about of doing that, especially if it's a new new type of thing is that short sprinkle of even if it's a short period of time or if it's a long period of time, doing that sprinkle when they're ready to go to kind of show off little key elements of the game. And I think you're seeing developers do that a lot more now, especially because they're not relying as much on E3, Gamescom, um, Tokyo Game Show. They're really just trying to create their own directs and just basically be like, here's the direct for this game and this is what we're going to show off about this game specific and just, you know, feed the little birdie the breadcrumbs to the trail to the to the nest. And I think um, if you're going to compare this to how um, shows are released on streaming services, for a, for a long time it was like season one. The entire thing is is dropped and then everyone binges it and it's like the talk of the town on social media and, and articles are written and stuff but then that can kind of wane for like the next thing down the road and one thing i don't know i don't know if it was the mandalorian but for from what i remember the mandalorian was the first show since the whole like season one drop binge it type of style that netflix was doing where they're like no we're gonna do it bi-weekly and what the slow For me, drip it was does Game is of keeps Thrones. the conversation going. Game of Thrones Game really, of Thrones? Game of Thrones yeah, really captured that Disney, before Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, Disney Game of Thrones. Yeah. I personally like the slow drip because it keeps those like, it keeps the conversation going for a mm-hmm. longer time where you, you can sit there with that demo that was released in January and have everyone talk about it, and then waiting for the next thing, and then you get the next demo, and then everyone talks about it, and then all the way leading up to that the final game coming out. And I, I personally like that kind of slow drip thing where they're, they're, their goal is to give people a taste of what the game is, give them an idea of the, the mechanics in the game and the atmosphere and setting the tone, but also keeping the conversation going all the way leading up to when the game gets released. And so I, the only thing they did that was wrong, and we talked about this Berkhoff pre-show, was the whole the weird countdown thing where they did like, oh, you can only download the game for a 24-hour period. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Like, that is so unnecessary. Yeah. When you gate that shit, like, you're just unnecessarily excluding people that would have played your fucking game. Yeah, I think I think it was I think for them they were trying to create a hype window where it's like everyone's talking about it in that window. Because here's the thing. Going in that direction, yeah. if every game developer goes in that direction, the unfortunate thing is you oversaturate the market because every game is like, oh, we have five months to release our game, and then this game's like coming out next month, and they have their showcase, and then showcases cross over, and, they, and then they can't focus that's as good, much on a, a certain point. game. So they have to be very select, uh, very selectful in regards to which games they want to do this strategy with because. Some games you don't need that. Some games you can just say Fallout, done. You don't need to tell me anymore right. because you're Bethesda. You release the same damn game and it's just a different title with the same crappy engine. Hopefully they fixed it. We'll see. But anyways, yes, that's exactly what we're getting into for that. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine, imagine like all the biggest franchises like slow drips overlapping over the course of like six months. Yeah. Like, oh, this right. week's Call of Duty. Like, next week's Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Like the following week <laughs> yeah, is God of War, and it's like I can't pay attention to all these every single week. It would be like E3 2020 all over again. Like I don't know what's going on anymore. Or yeah, Summer Games Fest point. all over again. 
Oh god, yeah. Like what what's yeah. happening when? Wait, what day is that um, God of War one or what day is that Call of Duty yeah. one that's coming out? I just that's why I think they do such a good job right now, specifically um when we're talking about this specific thing with Sony where that's kind of like they're they're feeding the little stuff and then they're saying our big thing we're going to talk about is this and they do it like once every 4 months. And like they're like, "Oh yeah, uh, Deathloop is the thing we're going to talk about." Horizons, the thing we're going to talk about, and that's the thing that they're going to feed into the machine that that chunk of time. So, right. is that all our categories? Yep. Think so. Uh, we had the all CG reveal trailer. Oh yes, which, which is fucking. We, we can just say that like that's a why, terrible idea. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why do game companies <laughs> do that? Uh, they, I get the they idea do it when they tone, have nothing else like, to show. What is the game? Yeah, they do that when they're desperate and they have nothing else to show for it. Uh, I can think of one that is that way. Blizzard. Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, if you watched our E3 coverage, you you got my big spiel of how I think it was just ridiculous that microsoft all they showed was cg trailers and not enough gameplay of stuff and oh totally yeah and if they and if they showed if they showed if they don't have gameplay to show don't show me cg trailers because cg trailers show me nothing nothing right because it's never lives up to the product of your cg trailer so you're basically creating an unrealistic expectation that i have built into my gaming brain to say ignore that crap because Whatever you're showing me is not real and will not be what the game is going to be. So just ignore it and pretend that that didn't happen. That's what CG trailers mean to gamers nowadays. So the fact that I do not understand the complexity of game developers in general, publishers, and this goes for everybody, whoever releases just a CG trailer, you dumb idiots, don't do it anymore. Like, you can do it to, like, if you if you already showed off your game and you want to do a CG trailer then to intro like the, about I I don't even know what you could use a CG trailer for anymore I I can't think of what what, well, what I mean what like, can you use a CG trailer to, for to set up to set up a, a specific uh, plot point from from the story to hint at something that might happen or to set the tone Why don't of what you just the do game it in is game. well that's the thing though yeah so like if you're going to show a CG trailer for me it for me. It has to be followed by gameplay. It can't just be the CG trailer. So you set up tone, you set up characters, the interaction of the characters talking, and then it cuts to gameplay. And like, okay, it's a third-person shooter, you know, or what, whatever the game may be, but you have to have both. I the think... CG, what, what was the arcane game? Bloodfall, Red Blood, Fang... Redfall. Fang Face. Fang Face. Is it called Redfall? <laughs> I think it's called Redfall. <laughs> But uh, but to but, be to, like, but cool, I, I but would dis- I need to see what the game looks like. I'm gonna disagree with you, Evan, and here's why I'm disagreeing with you. I'm disagreeing with you because games look amazing now. In engine, in engine games look really good. They look just as good as the CG trailer is gonna offer you in regards to. Now I know CG trailers are amazing. Some of them can look phenomenal. It, but that's uh, no but, excuse but, but for that, why a, a studio should release an all CG trailer. Correct, like because in 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 the engines we have nowadays, the quality is there enough to display what you need to that you could that you don't that you that you in the past you couldn't get that with with games. 
Like Final Fantasy, yeah. uh, I'm just thinking right now, Final Fantasy VIII has an amazing flipping CG intro. And you know why? Because you can't show that great combat and that great epicness, all that in an engine. It's just not good enough. Nowadays, you can. And I basically believe you hide your game and are scared when you hide it behind a CG trailer. I it just, it, or just yeah, like, I mean, yeah, it's just not, it's, it, it just doesn't cut it in 2020, 2021. It is no longer acceptable to show CG trailers. Right. The, the olive branch I'm extending here is like, okay, CG trailer is fine if it's followed by gameplay. I'll meet you halfway. I mean, on, I guess the on only that. time the CG trailers worked out for me as like, it was pretty cool. You know, Overwatch, I think they handled CG trailers really well because it's, it's, a char- it's a hero shooter. And so they use the CD trailers to introduce the characters. And we already seen it. We've, we've already, already seen, seen gameplay. Yeah, we've already seen the gameplay of it. Yeah. So, like, we, this was just like, here, get to know these characters. And, like, the, and, and there's no way in the context of how the gameplay works that you could ever see, you could ever show that game in engine because it's, oh, it's a third. That is, that it's is like a, a good example. That's just no really... way to do that. So I agree, and I just—I don't think that's a an appropriate way to deal with your characters, especially with the fact that we already know what your game is. It's like, why are you revealing this? You know what are I you mean? Like, like it doesn't like what like it doesn't this matter. Should be, no this should be yet. yeah. This should be a story that happens in game. There's no reason that we should be getting external CG trailers for this shit. I I get you, but in the in the that's genre of specific game, that's not what the genre is, and so therefore they oh, have you're to. Talking, you're talking about uh, yeah, like League of Legends, shooters, he, yeah, League of Legends hero shooter, yeah, like whatever. Yeah, like uh, now, could there be a game that would introduce that to be able to create story within that? That would be innovative, and I would welcome that hardcore. But with the current genre the way it is. I'm fine with a CG trailer to show off the characters that I will play with to create a connection to that character that I would use in the game, even though that because like even the character interaction isn't really that in, in, uh, inspirational or, or, or interactive when you're actually using that specific character in the game because you're it's first person. You're displaying your personality into the character. That's kind of part of the point of first person is you putting your essence into that character and seeing it from your viewpoint. Um, right. So I, I, I get you, Burkoff. If they did find a way to innovate, yes, I'd be all for it and be like, you don't need a CG trailer. You can show it in game now. Like, you know, innovate with Hades. Like, I think there is opportunities. I just, there's no one that's done it yet. And I think if there is an acceptable way to use a CG trailer, that's the only thing I can think of that would be acceptable. Can I be slightly hypocritical here? Sure. Why not? Um, Hypocrites all around. So, yeah, the CG reveal is terrible, right? It, it sets tone, but it should be linked to gameplay that it follows. However, and this is, this is Activision Blizzard 2. I don't give a shit about anything that they make, personally. But the... What game was it? It must have been Diablo 4. The Diablo 4 CG reveal is one of the coolest. Diablo 3? Diablo like the, 3. The, yeah. the, 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 the guy 
the, the, the characters are running through and they open the door and then like the like their skin gets stretched over the the um monolith and then like the woman comes down into like her skin robe and she's all <laughs> I think it might be Diablo four. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Obviously I haven't paid attention to it too much, but when I saw that I was like, Wow, this is like probably the coolest CG reveal trailer that I've ever seen. It actually might be Diablo 4 or maybe a Diablo 3 um, DLC or something. I'm pretty sure it's Diablo 4, but like that is probably the coolest purely CG reveal that I've ever seen in my life. But still, like there's no gameplay there. So at that point, I'm like, just fuck the game. Just make the movie. This looks great. Yeah, Which seriously. Against the whole thing by, the, by the time oh, they the game, get there, right? I yeah. just be like, make make me a movie. Just make me a <laughs> damn movie. The, yeah, like this is way better. Yeah, yeah just just make me a isometric movie. looter. I played that before. Make this movie. This looks good. Yeah, this looks good. Yeah. So that is all marketing. Our am I right? That is marketing. That is marketing as its finest. That is all our categories. So I think we should just wrap it up. Or actually, let me do one time around of what's your favorite game's marketing campaign. And I'm going to start <laughs> just because you guys have to think Please about it. Please do. Well, we're so confused. Yeah. Uh, we've actually talked about it already. So I'm going to just second it. But my favorite marketing campaign is going to be uh, Resident Evil 7. Now, I didn't choose 8 only because I like the surprise of the demo. Um, along with that the demo evolved. The only thing I wish is I think maybe they tell more people about it, but I think it was just perfect. Window, the opportunity about it being a new game for the franchise and it being a essence of what was old is now new and then dropping a demo instantly and the shock and surprise. I think that's how you do it. And then handling it after that in regards to almost telling you nothing but giving you hints of what the game is going to be within the demo. Perfection. Uh, Evan. Um, you know, um, this is back in the early years of Podcast Reload, but I actually, when, when Vin lived in Osaka, I actually went to his house and we watched that E3 presentation and our reaction to RE7 is online, and it has like 12,000 views. <laughs> Speaking of reaction videos, it's a fucking joke, right? But we were, if you watch that, right? Podcast reload, RE7 reaction video. Try to get, try to get that money. Just kidding. But like, we're we're watching this, and like, I was like, watch our reaction when the the boom, the logo RE7 hits. Fucking like, I mean, that's a that's a trailer right there. Well, if anything, be, I thought to, that was a Silent Hill game because well, the yeah, music sounded like Silent Hill. To be honest, when that happened, I was on my couch and I should have recorded myself because that would have been amazing. Like you could see my reaction. Oh God! Like, yeah. During that, I literally my roommate was sitting next to me and I was just saying, "Oh my God, this game is a little too scary." I, I mean, I'll play it, but it's going to be really hard for me to play. And like, I don't know if I want to play because the the demo itself. I mean, the the reveal trailer of of them playing the game had some scary moments where it actually did get me like, Ooh, and I was, it was obviously because of the time zone I was in, it was already dark outside. So it was like, I was dark in my apartment watching this live on television. 
And then all of a sudden when it shot up and it showed what the the game name was, I was like, oh my God, it's Resident Evil. I like jumped out of my couch and stood up going, I'm going to play this game. Oh my God, I'm going to play this game. I can't believe I'm going to play this game. And like, I was terrified before like two seconds ago, but I was like, I'm still going to play this game because this is Resident Evil. And I was like... I think it took me about a good five minutes for my body to just calm down because I was just like, how is this Resident Evil because of like what they've done before? It was a great reveal. It was a perfect reveal because it was shocking. Well, and it was like when you talk about a reveal, they know they they knew like how far they were. They were completely redirecting what Resident Evil looked like was right. It was first person. Even though six was super successful. Yeah. So they did a great job of like slowly moving you, and this is like editing and what they what they included in the trailer, slowly moving you through this reveal trailer, to where you're not quite sure what the hell is going on, and then the music hits and you're like, what what is this? What is this? It's clearly a horror game, and then it's like boom, Resident. Like they did a great job with that trailer. You know, uh, like it's in the moment you you pose the question, like that might be it, and if I want to make answer uh broader i would say if you're in a series and you have an idea that's very different from what people are anticipating from the series right in terms of what it has been in the atmosphere and that if you can lead people on through this a really really clever trailer and then boom at the last second hit the logo and people are going to lose their shit i mean that would be the ultimate reveal trailer for a game not only that the game comes out in like half a year after it plus a demo right oh shoot hold on that would be we got an addition okay keep going but, but like that would be my ultimate reveal trailer and and i guess i'll just agree with you mitch that in recent memory the resident evil 7 one did definitely knock that whole thing out of the park it was everything it was we didn't know what it was everyone was entirely shocked that it was re7 the demo drops we realize that the kitchen demo from whenever ago was actually part of this, and the game comes out in half a year. Like, I don't know if you can do it better than that. And the game was successful, and, you know, this whole kind of, like, trilogy about the Winters family is it's not successful in its own right. It's not over yet. So, yeah, like, I mean, like, yeah, that, I thought that was totally successful. Like, that's the most shocked I've been at, like, the the final reveal of a trailer. And if you don't like theatrics or any, you don't care about that, f- fair enough. But that was one moment where I'm like, whoa, Resident Evil 7? Fuck, you got me. You got me. And, you know, like, those kind of types of moments are what E3's all about. And, yeah, I think they handled it, like, really, really well. Berkoff. I don't really have one, to be honest with you. Um... I don't really know that a game's ever been announced and, like, I've been fascinated by it. Um, Maybe Skyrim. Um, When they announced that and it came out, I was, like, you know, really into it. I'm kind of curious what uh, Shanghai Dan has to say, though. If he ever shows yeah. up, it, to be honest. Wait, is is that what that sound is? He keeps <gasps> popping in. Yeah. And Sorry. <laughs> oh, and, and Burkoff yeah, got the case of the burps. How is it? Hiccups. Yeah, I got hiccups. Yeah. Jumping in late. 
What do you got? What do you got for us? I just wanted to come and say hello. <laughs> well, well, what's your what's what's? I'm gonna put you on the spot. What is the best? Because we're kind of wrapping up, so this is near the end uh, of what is the greatest marketing campaign for a game you've ever witnessed? Oh. Oh. Which Evan, you never answered the question, so go back to Evan because Evan never really answered. Oh, I just you just uh, embellished what I said. Re- <laughs> no, no, because it's a it, it's a recent memory thing. Yeah, it's just thinking of how res, res, the Resident Evil Seven kind of knocked it out of the park with dropping the demo and completely surprising everyone, and the game coming out five months after the reveal. I thought that was a, a quite a clever way to do it. Um. Uh, Ooh, I'm trying to think now. Oh, God, best marketing. All right, Dan, I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a little bit of time. Another thing that I do appreciate, not necessarily reveals, but the out-of-nowhere deals, free DLC drop is, like, wholly welcome if it's an amazing game, uh, i.e. Blasphemous. <laughs> this is their second second time. No, third time out-of-nowhere. They're just, they've dropped DLC. Be like oh by the way it's fucking free and it's out now this is great like they just keep extending that game and and what that tells me is that the game is sold enough that they're able to continue on with this and um the next dlc comes out in december so they just like they shadow dropped i don't know if that's the correct way to say it just hey by the way deals free dlc coming out in december it's like ooh. All right, that's like a couple months away. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally ready for that, and it's free. So, if you have the game, it's you're you're good to go. And I do appreciate free DLC drops as well. Um, Shovel Knight did that. Everything they've released after the initial game, the Plague Knight DLC, the Shadow Knight, and the King of Cards stuff, which are like kind of full games in their own right, or at least a game that could um, be sold for at least ten dollars on PlayStation Network. It's all been free. That's amazing, and and they're all like legitimately good. Aside from Plague Knight, I did not like the mechanic, the movement, in that. But like, that's great. Like, I mean, that's charitable for them to just be like, oh no, we made enough money. Fuck it, this is this is what we wanted to do, and you guys have, you know, paid enough money to where we're able to do what we want to do. And boom, here you go. Here's some shit. Just keep throwing it at the fans, and like that's wholly appreciated. Can I? I've got. I haven't got a game, but I would probably say uh, the Wii. Nintendo's marketing for the Wii uh, was probably pretty fantastic. We were the way, like, like, there you go. I, I would say I would know. It's just mainly because that would be probably when my parents, who had real like my dad, like played a bit of like Super Nintendo with us. We'd be like Duck Hunt. I think it was Super Nintendo uh, with us growing up. But really, they weren't really into video games, and that was probably the first thing where them and their friends. Started talking. Oh, the Ness, sorry. Uh, the uh, them and their friends started talking about a con- console, like because of like the oh, we can play it with your family, like the bowling advert, the tennis, that kind of stuff. So that got more people, and that's probably why it sold like gangbusters. And literally every person you knew had a Wii in the house, whether they owned any other console ever before. <laughs> it was bizarre. They'd have their Wii remotes there, and they're oh, do you want to fancy a game of bowling? <laughs> They never bought a game, they just have Wii Sports, but right. <laughs> but yeah, so I'd say that. And then the other one recently, I'd say um, PlayStation 4s for the players. I don't know, it just seems to resonate. <laughs> for the players. It, res- 
it, it resonated like and i think a lot of people like you just you just knew um that was playstation i don't know the thing that worked well and it was everywhere and the way it was just at the end of every sony promotion i think it got well i don't really like i don't even know what the playstation 5 one is just to be honest that's how much effect that has had for me so there's so i'd say those two probably for a kind of console way a game wise i can't think right now my brain's not uh, functioning but i just thought that what things impacted me from like a complete marketing advertising standpoint for like watching like commercial television of the things that stood out um those two probably the things i can remember the most for sure yeah. all right well that is our show for this week <laughs> if you like pixel pines you can check us out on Twitter at pixel underscore pints and on Instagram at pixel pints pod. We stream every single weekend here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash pixel pints. If you check out our Twitter, you will know when we go live, but you also can check out our archive on Twitch or on YouTube looking at pixel pints or on any of your podcast services that you use. Just look up pixel pints, look for that nice green mug and you are right. Good to go to listen to us. I am joined by, my name is Mitch, I'm your host tonight, and it is Burkoff, Evan, and our special uh, jumping in, Dan. Uh, Sorry. So, on that note, <laughs> we are out, gentlemen. Oh, Alright, as the music's playing out, Dan gave me a good, uh, he, he reminded me, uh, live in your world, play in ours. That's fucking genius. Yes, that was yeah. old school. And, and it had the icons for like similar. Yeah. Like, to the yeah. Like, for sure. Of like the yeah, good stuff. God, I I had 